Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, greeting you from Atlanta. Trust you and yours are well, healthy, and safe as we go through this. On this week's podcast, we'd like to salute our Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year for the men, and that is Anthony Grant of Dayton. We'll get to Anthony's interview in just a moment. I'd like to remind everybody that A Trophy Life This Week is brought to you by Warner, the number one pro ladder and title sponsor of the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year Awards. For Anthony Grant, it was a dream season. The Dayton Flyers, his alma mater, put together a season for the ages, winning 29 games on their way when the season was interrupted to the A-10 tournament where they were the top seed. And the thinking was, if Dayton would win that A-10 championship in Brooklyn, they would be a number one overall seed. But, of course, everything came to a screeching halt as they were getting ready to go to Brooklyn, and we'll never know how it all turned out. But we do know this, that the Dayton Flyers had a great season, and their coach, Anthony Grant, recognized as our Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year. So here's my chat with Anthony Grant. It's a pleasure today to be joined by the head coach of the Dayton Flyers and our 2020 Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year, Anthony Grant. And Coach Grant, our congratulations. Uh, What a fantastic award for you and uh, represent your staff and your ball club and your university. Just outstanding. Congratulations. Well, Bob, I I can't thank you enough. It's a great honor, you know, obviously to win the award. And and obviously you think of uh, some of the great coaches that have have won the award over the years uh, to have my name associated with it. But as you mentioned, you know, to me, it's, it's really a team award. You know, it's a, it's a, a byproduct of what our players were able to accomplish this year and what our staff uh, was able to do in terms of getting our guys to buy in. And really, you know, the, the entire uh, organization in terms of our athletic director, our president, our fan base, you know, we just had a great group uh, that allowed us to go out and, and, uh, and have a, a good amount of success this year. And oh, what might have been. You guys were getting ready to go to Brooklyn, A-10 tournament, NCAA is right around the corner. And of course, for everybody, it came to a screeching halt. Um, how have you handled the uh, that aspect of it, Anthony, with your staff and your team? Yeah, you know, it was so sudden, you know, that uh, it, it was a, it was a uh, you know a big shock to everybody. Obviously, you, you kind of could read the tea leaves, and, and as you know, when Rudy Gobert was announced that he had come down with the virus, it just kind of started a domino effect, and, and you could kind of uh, anticipate what was coming. But certainly, you know, the finality of having the A-10 tournament canceled and then seeing the emotion, uh, especially for your seniors, uh, of knowing that they wouldn't get a chance to to, to experience uh, trying to win a championship in the A-10 tournament. And then, you know, the inevitability of, of having the NCAA tournament being canceled because of uh, the the, uh, the pandemic, uh, it's just, uh, it, it was difficult when it hits you at first, but then what I tried to do is just get our guys, our players, everybody to, to think about what we had a chance to be grateful for and what we did accomplish in 31 games and the journey that we got a chance to go on uh, from the time the guys all came together at the beginning of the summer uh, until uh, until that point. You know, there was a lot of great memories uh, from that from uh, the summer until you know when we finished. So hopefully, our guys will be able to remember that and and. Uh, Think about some of the things that we accomplished in terms of the goals that we set and uh, understand that this thing is bigger than basketball. And obviously, 
you're dealing with it in your profession. Every profession in the country across the world uh, has been affected by this, and, and certainly we're no different. So uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but certainly there's a lot that we get a chance to be grateful for. Anthony, Tech is back. Um, let's get some background on your story coming out of Miami. What led you to Dayton, and what led you as a player to Coach Donaher? Yeah, well, I got recruited, you know, coming out of Miami Senior High School uh, my senior year. Uh, after, the, after the season, I got a chance to come up and take a visit. There was a assistant coach for Coach Donaher, Dan Hipsher, who had, uh, uh, had worked at Miami-Dade Community College uh, maybe a couple of years prior uh, to me going to Dayton and, and uh, uh, he knew some people here in the area that recommended me and, and uh, so Dan came down and watched me and got coached to come and watch me and you know that uh, that got them interested so when I went up to visit I got a chance to watch Dayton play against DePaul who was one of the top I think five teams in the country at the time at UD Arena and uh, just to be in that atmosphere and, and uh, just to see Dayton basketball uh, up in and for me it was it was it was a heck of an experience seeing a sold-out crowd and the energy in the in the in the building. Uh, something I, I was excited about having a chance to be a part of, and then also getting a, getting a feel for campus and just the uh, the opportunity uh, for me and my parents. It was important you know, the educational part of it, and also being able to play a high level of basketball. So uh, once uh, I got a chance to to see it and experience, and my parents got a chance to meet the coaching staff. Felt like it was the best best opportunity for me. And little did you know, when you signed that uh, scholarship, you would be playing for a guy who would influence you as a player, as a man, as a coach, uh, for the rest of your life in Don Donaher. And 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 people, of course, that uh, watched you all play this year got, I think, reintroduced to coach because yeah, I mean, you talk about Dayton legends. I mean, this guy is right there and. And he's he's so proud of you and what you you did this year and what the team did. Uh, but what was it like? Take us back playing for Coach and what he's meant in your life. Yeah, well, you know, we we had some really good teams. You know, my freshman year, uh, a guy named Roosevelt Chapman led us to the uh, Elite Eight. You know, we we lost to Georgetown uh, to go to the Final Four the year that they had Patrick Ewing and Michael Graham and and that crew, and they ended up winning the national championship. So that was my my first experience as a freshman, I didn't get a chance to play a lot. Obviously, playing behind a guy like Roosevelt Chapman. My sophomore year, uh, got a chance to to practice starting lineup, and and uh, we had a good year. Ended up going to the tournament again and lost to Villanova the year that they won it, the year that they beat Georgetown for it. So two years in a row, we lost to the eventual national champ, and ended up in my four years, we we played in two NCAA tournaments and one NIT. So I, I had a great experience. Uh, I, I grew a lot. I went in. I went in as a 17-year-old kid, and you know, being away from home for the first time, and and uh, I felt like that experience helped me really for the rest of my life. And the things I learned from coach and the staff and my my teammates helped prepare me uh, for for you know some of the things that I got a chance to experience throughout my life. I know that I wanted to get into coaching. You know, when I was a player at Dayton, I, I like most players, you want to play as long as you can. Uh, but when I finished the date and I went back home to Miami, Florida, and, and actually got a chance to break into coaching with my high school coach, Shaky Rodriguez, uh, at Miami Senior High School, and he's another another guy that's a legend, you know, in terms of what he's accomplished as a coach and at the high school level, at the college level, uh, he's one of those guys that has had a tremendous influence on my life. So I got a chance to start my coaching career 
with him. So, uh, you know, just those two guys were tremendous uh, influences on me from a from a basketball standpoint, and and uh, you know, just the way that uh, you know, probably that I I approach what I do, and, and obviously I've had some great mentors along the way. My first college job uh, was with Dan Hipsher, who recruited me to Dayton. Uh, he got the head coaching job at Stetson and gave me the opportunity to get into college coaching on his staff. And then, obviously, after that, Billy Donovan spent uh, ten years with him at Marshall and and uh, I'm sorry at Florida and two at Marshall. So uh, I've got some. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've had some great mentors and some great people to learn, learn under, and learn with. That is quite a legacy <laughs> for those guys, uh, with Shaky and Don and, and Billy. And, of course, I think we're all the sum products of the people we meet and the mentors that we've had. And, of course, you're putting your own personal stamp on it as well. But I also want to ask you about the influence of Billy in this regard, because after you left Alabama, you'd rejoined Billy in the pros at Oklahoma City. And, of course, that's a far different game and a far different set of circumstances than the college game but from a coaching standpoint I mean you're going to get your doctoral uh, when you're coaching in the NBA how did that Anthony influence you going forward yeah well you know when you talk about the relationship with Billy you know obviously you know just the, having a chance to, to, to work for him at, at Marshall in Florida but more importantly it's just uh, you know the relationship goes way beyond basketball. So, you know, after Alabama, I was actually going to join the staff at Florida. Uh, you know, I was actually I had accepted the position to become an assistant there. So I was actually back at Florida for maybe a week and actually never really made it to campus. So uh, I was still in, in Alabama when Billy uh, took the job at, at Oklahoma. So uh, he gave me the opportunity uh, to join his staff there at, in Oklahoma City and that was a great experience because, as you mentioned, it was it was a completely different experience than I had uh, my entire career. I coached in high school, coached in college, and then now you're dealing with uh, the, the most talented and, and highest basketball IQ uh, players in the world. And so for me, it was a great learning uh, opportunity to be around those players, to be around the coaching staff that we had. I mean, we had some – some, Billy had put together a staff that was as good as as, as I've ever seen with Monty Williams, who's now the head coach, uh, with Phoenix, uh, Mo Cheeks, who's a who's a Hall of Famer, Mark Bryant, former player and you know one of the best uh, player development guys I've ever seen, Darko, uh, right? Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Ryagovic. I'm going to mess it up, but uh, those guys were tremendous uh, in terms of their knowledge of the game, uh, the way they taught the game, uh, their loyalty, uh, their understanding, and the way that they were able to help me uh, and I think uh, help Billy make the adjustment from college uh, to the NBA. We had great people around us. We had a great organization. Uh, so the experience that I got for two years, uh, as you mentioned, was like uh, you know an education in, in NBA basketball. And, and certainly there's a lot of differences between the way the NBA game is played uh, as compared to college. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're dealing with personalities, you're dealing with people, and you're trying to figure out a way to get the best uh, out of everybody to make them, uh, help them become the best version of themselves. So it was a great experience for me. When you lump all this together, you have prepared a coaching philosophy. So let me ask you, 
as you go into, say, a recruit's home, and the question comes up, well, Anthony, what, what are you all about? What is your philosophy? How do you see the game? What do you tell them? Yeah, well, for me, it's a lot of different ways that you can win. There's, there's a lot of different styles of play that you can be successful with. So to me, it always starts with with the, you know, your, your values, uh, you know, the culture that you're trying to create. So I, I want to know a lot about uh, the type of people that I'm dealing with. Uh, yeah, I try to try to learn as much as I can about uh, all our, everybody that we recruit, their backgrounds, and you know who they are as, as people, not not just as players. So it starts there for me, and then obviously every coach has a philosophy in terms of how they want to play the game. Uh, whether it be an offense, defense, or, or a combination of the two. So uh, we're no different. You know, we, 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 we play a certain style offensively where we want to play with with pace and spacing and the certain skill sets that we feel fit our system best. And then obviously defensively, uh, we, we feel like there's a, uh, a way that we want to teach the game in terms of the system that we try to run defensively. And so we try to get players that fit. Fit's a big deal for me in terms of not just – uh, the skill set, but the character, the work ethic, and the makeup of the guys that we try to add to our team. Anthony, the season you guys had, of course, is absolutely phenomenal. The two losses come in overtime at neutral floors to really two outstanding teams in Kansas and Colorado. But the one thing that marked the success of Dayton, I think more than anything else, was how efficient your team was offensively, how unselfish they were, the way they could five guys could move as one, really at both ends of the floor, but particularly at the offensive end. How did you see all that happening in the preseason, and then how did it play out for you uh, during the course of the season? Well, Bob, to be honest with you, it's probably uh, the result of, of three years of, of, of a group coming together and, and uh, learning how to play with each other and, and understanding more about what wins and what allows you to have success. Um, you know, I, I can think our first year, uh, you know, we had Jalen Crutcher, who was a junior on this pack, on this this year's uh, team, and uh, Trey Landers uh, was a sophomore who really hadn't played coll- collegiately uh, his freshman year. He he didn't get very many minutes. So those two guys, you know, were kind of the, the cornerstones. And Ob Toppin was a a red shirt that year, but he got a chance to learn the system. So uh, we we were okay that year in terms of what we did offensively. We had a lot of room to grow defensively in year two. We got a little better offensively. I think we, we moved up maybe uh, top 25, top 30 teams from an offensive efficiency standpoint. And then obviously last year uh, was really was really unique in terms of being top top one or two in the country in the most of the offensive categories. So I think it's a product of getting older. Uh, of, of players maturing and understanding the system a little bit better and being more more effective in terms of what they what they did uh, we were able to add some pieces add some more talent so I think that that probably those two things I think getting older and, and, and more experienced and then you know adding some talent really helped us in terms of uh, you know playing as efficiently as we did last year. Obi, of course, uh, shares the Naismith stage with you as the Citizen Naismith Player of the Year. Uh, what a remarkable season. And not to take anything away from Jalen and the rest of the guys, but Toppin was was special. I mean, there's no getting around it. This this kid put together just a remarkable season. What was it like coaching Obi Toppin this year? Well, he was terrific. You know, like like we mentioned, he went from, you know, being a guy that, that redshirted his freshman year for academic reasons, but the work that he put in behind the scenes when no one was looking, 
you know, before games or after practice or in the weight room or watching film with the coach and learning, just getting an education in, in, in how to be effective from a basketball standpoint. And then to watch him grow as a freshman from game one uh, to game 31, how much better he got and how much more he understood uh, the game and, and, and where his strengths lied and, and how to take advantage of those things. And then obviously last year, coming off of being a 10 freshman of the year and first team all league and, and, and actually exploring, uh, you know, putting his name in the draft and seeing, uh, getting the feedback from, from uh, NBA uh, front office personnel in terms of where he stood. I, I thought he did a great job of remaining true to who he was and, and uh, really uh, allowing himself to be challenged and coached uh, by, his, by his coaches, uh, to be challenged and, and uh, held accountable by his teammates. And uh, he was just a great teammate, you know, and I, I think obviously his talent spoke for itself, his unselfishness, the joy that he played with. Uh, it was great to see him with all the attention that came his way uh, because of some of the accolades he got and because of some of the things he did over the course of the year to really keep it about team and to uh, to really find joy in, in playing with his brothers and, and uh, just to take it one game at a time and, and focus on the things that he could control. So it's great when you when you see a young man able to, to keep what uh, the main thing the main thing while a lot of other things are going on around him. So I give Obi a lot of credit and his family a lot of credit for his character and, and his work ethic and his humility. When you say the word work ethic, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Anthony Grant personifies it. Uh, he did it as a player. He's done it as a coach. And he's our Citizen Naismith Coach of the Year. Anthony, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And, and we wish you nothing but the best. And when this national nightmare is over, we can actually shake hands again. Uh, we cannot wait uh, to see you shake your hand and, and hand you that uh, Naismith Trophy uh, as Coach of the Year. Congratulations. Bob, thank you so much. It's an honor to, to speak with you, and I appreciate you guys having me. Anthony, thank you very much. And again, our heartiest congratulations on winning the Warner Ladder Coach of the Year. And this week's podcast, A Trophy Life, is brought to you by Warner, number one pro ladder and title sponsor of the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year Awards. Now, later in the year, Anthony will be presented with his Coach of the Year trophy, designed by nationally acclaimed sculptor Brian Hanlon. It's a bronze trophy that features Dr. James Naismith, the inventor of basketball, holding the original peach basket and ball used to play the first game. The winners were chosen by the Atlanta Tip-Off Club's National Voting Academy, and that's comprised of leading journalists from around the country, current and former head coaches, former award winners and conference commissioners, all of whom based their selections on outstanding coaching performances during the 19 and 20 regular college basketball season. Additionally, you fans, of course, were involved. The Naismith fan vote accounted for 5% of the overall vote total this year. And that vote was tabulated and certified by Aprio, a premier CPA-led business advisory firm headquartered here in Atlanta. Anthony Grant of Dayton adds his name to the most prestigious list of coaching awards in the country, the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year. What a great season for Dayton. Time for a quick Citizen Watch update and the late-breaking news that three-time Warner Ladder National Naismith Coach of the Year for the women, Notre Dame's Muffet McGraw, announced her retirement yesterday. After 33 seasons, 
nine Final Four appearances, and two national championships. We'll have more on Muffet's retirement and her great career next week. That will do it for us. Again, if you have a chance to rate and review, by all means do so. Helps us spread the word about this podcast to college basketball fans everywhere. So until next Wednesday, from Atlanta, Bob Rathbun saying so long.